And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shaker Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscal, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend, Alex Spears. Alex, oh, what's up? What's up, Andrew? I'm wearing my Oregon Zoo hat because I just became a zoo member. I was going to say, is that like a gift for becoming a zoo member? Uh, wow. No, it's actually not a gift. I just got a discount on it. Because oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't get I don't get a, uh, a hat for being a zoo member here in OKC. Wow. Uh, sorry, my, my voice sounds... I'm sick. So that's um, why my voice sounds this way. Did you get sick from being around all the kangaroos? Uh, we actually don't have kangaroos. We have so many other animals, but you pick the one really? that we don't have. No wow. kangaroos. Oh. No. Uh, possums. You know what? I walked across the street. This is about two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And there was a guy standing in the parking lot of, it's called Plaid Pantry. It's like our 7-Eleven. Uh-huh. And there was a tiny little possum, a little baby possum just walking in circles. And he was waiting for like animal control to come <laughs> <laughs> it's so cute looking, even though they're so they're so nasty. But they're great animals. They do so much for us. They wow. eat ticks. You know, you're wow. a big possum guy, right? Oh, they're they're terrible, terrible. They're disgusting, but they're important. They're important to our ecosystem. Sure, I'll give them that. I'll give them okay. their importance okay. to our ecosystem. I'll give them that. I'll give possums that. Um, <laughs> so the so first of all, um. We're having a draft party next Thursday night. Yeah. Downtown. So we're at. It's at um oh my gosh, I don't know why I just forgot the name of the place. It's at um Fassler Hall. Oh my gosh. Hall. I'm losing my mind. Uh draft party at Fassler Hall. Be there or be square. Trust well, me. Sounds like you're gonna be square. I will be square. <laughs> Everybody People else, be there, be, be there. square. Uh, Fassler Hall. Just get there around six. Plan to eat some food, hang out, watch the draft with your favorite friends. Watch okay. Andrew vomit on live television. Watch me potentially throw up on live television. Uh, but yeah, you don't you don't want to miss this. They could the Thunder could trade up if they're trading up and they get somebody awesome. You. You don't want to be sitting in your living room by yourself. Or you don't want to be sitting in your living room with people that don't really quite get it. You want to be in a place where you're sitting around everybody that gets it. They understand 
why you're excited, and you're all going to be able to chit-chat about it. And uh, you'll be able to hang out with the L-Man and Jay and Taylor. So uh, go to Fassler Hall. Next Thursday night, we're also going to have a very limited edition of Down to Dunk glasses with Lively Beer Works that will be available to very, very few people. So you want to get there first if you want one of those. So, uh, yeah, Fassler Hall next Thursday night. Uh, Do it. Uh, Alex, the Nuggets won the championship. How about that? Woo! Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty interesting for teams that are wanting to build through the draft. This is, I mean, I guess you could say that the uh, the Warriors are a team that built through the draft. They won last year. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the Nuggets are a, this is the first team not in California or Texas to win the title from the Western Conference since like the 70s. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, since the Sonics. Doing the math in my head. Uh, okay. Isn't that crazy? That sounds wild. Isn't that crazy to that think about? unbelievable. So, pretty big deal for Denver to win. It's probably the, uh, I mean, when, I guess outside of Texas, it's like one of the first championships ever in like the middle of the of the country. <laughs> you know, just, uh, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee's sort of, you know. It's middle-ish, too. <laughs> yeah. Them, but, yeah. Um, but more, yeah. More teams that kind of fit the OKC mold. Yes. Where they give you some belief beyond just how they're built, but just, you know, the their their status within the league. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And the fact that they built through the draft and they just it wasn't like, hey, they drafted Jokic, we're in the playoffs a couple years later, lost in the first round, lost in the conference finals, won the title. You know, it was all over the place. It took them four years after they drafted Jokic to even get to the playoffs. And then they're losing in round one. They lose, they get to the conference finals in the bubble. They lose in round one last year and finally get there. So it's just kind of all over the place. And just like a a testament to a team that's just kind of stuck with it. They stuck with their coach. They stuck with their core. St. Mamick reported at the athletic that they had a chance to trade for Kyrie Irving in 2017, I guess. Which yeah. seems silly now, but at the time, probably wouldn't have felt as silly, just because. I'm trying to. Rem- so that would have been when he got traded to Boston. Yeah. Okay. So he still had a few years left. It wasn't. Yeah. Or it he w- had one year left, I guess, because he played the one year in Boston. Is that right? Yes, he played the one year in Boston, and then had like the whole <clears throat> "I'm gonna be in Boston for the rest of my life." <laughs> Or whatever, (laughs) but at the time, Kyrie was still was not the crazy Kyrie that we know today, or at least publicly wasn't. Oh, he played two years in Boston, so he must when he He got traded two years in Boston. Yeah, I know. I don't remember. And he played a lot of games too, 127 games. Wow, across those two seasons. How did I not remember that was two years? Because so so that would have been like uh because I was just thinking like how real really was that? Because if you're a team like Denver. Can you really trade for someone like Kyrie, who's an expiring? But if he had two years left, that probably was like a legitimate conversation. Yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, I I guess it would have been. But anyways, they stuck with their core. They shuffled the deck around their core, and finally found 
um, a title contending team. And part of it was health, certainly this year, but just the fact that they were able to see this through and actually win a championship was pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Hey, man, pretty cool. Pretty cool. And they did a trade with us during the finals, which was cool of them to in- include us in some way. Yeah. We, you know, do does the 37th pick make the parade? Oh, wow. Yeah, because, oh, no, he doesn't. He doesn't. But just the idea, maybe just like a banner that says pick 37 from the Thunder. Pick 37 from the Thunder and some pick from next year, some second rounder from next year. Yeah. In addition to the first. What do you think uh, of that? What do you think of the trade? I mean, it's it's annoying in the sense that we went <laughs> through this exact same thing last year when they sit, traded the 30th pick, the yeah. Peyton Watson pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the initial reporting was the exact same. It was trading it for a protected first round pick. Now, at that time, because we knew it was the 30th pick, we were like, okay, like anything we trade it for is going to be likely better than 30. Yeah, yeah. So it's already a, a solid trade, and no one was really obsessing about the protections. And then it comes out, it's top five protecting. We're like, oh, well, obviously. Yeah. Like, what, a, what a great trade. And, and another great thing about that trade is that that was the first round pick that they got in the CP3 deal. Yeah. Which, you know, in retrospect, because CP3 was so good in Phoenix, it was like, oh, man, that's kind of a bummer of a pick to get back for CP3. But then you flip into the top five protected, you feel great. Oh, yeah, feeling good. So you fast forward a year, and it's like the exact same reporting. (laughs) Again, protected first round pick. And no one wants to tell us what the protections are. But every all these national people are assuming it's like heavily protected or lottery protected, which just makes zero sense to me. I mean, maybe it would end up being that, but it makes zero sense why you would default to that considering that a trade just like this happened last year. Like, why would Presti do that? You know? Like, why why would he trade for a heavily protected pick in this scenario? I, just, I, I would be surprised if it was. Yeah, that just the whole conversation around that just bothers me, especially <laughs> the conversation where people are like, Oh, you know, Pressy's having to give away picks at this point. You know, you 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 save up all these picks. We're starting to see the downsides of this. You're having to just give away picks for free. Yeah. Meanwhile, all these same people, if you ask them to go back to all of these trades where Sam Presti acquired these first, mm-hmm. what, what is the trade that he got screwed up? What is the trade that he shouldn't have done? Who are you Was so the, who are you so annoyed by? I, I guess I'm just not seeing the same stuff you're seeing. Dude, it was every every national person on my timeline. Like mm. Nikias Duncan even said something about it. Yeah, tweeted about it. I guess I just like, don't care. <laughs> well, it it bothered me Andrew, <laughs> because you look back at those pit those trades. It's like okay, the Houston pick came from the Westbrook trade, which everyone agrees was a good trade. Yeah, the Clippers pick came from the PG trade, that which everyone agrees was a good trade. Mm-hmm. The Utah pick came from taking on two years of Derek Favors. They got. A top 10 protected pick for that? Yeah. Everyone agrees that's a good trade. Like, what was the trade that they've made over these last few years where they shouldn't have taken, like, like gotten, a, or they didn't get enough, or they shouldn't have taken back a first? Like, should they have kept Kelly Oubre? Don't go back and listen to those podcasts. Should they have kept I, I think you might, might should. <laughs> here's the, here's you know, the like, thing. Here's the thing that people miss with this is that, it is not easy to get a 29 pick right now. Like who what other team has an extra 2029 20, pick? They're not they're not picks that you can just go get. 
And Press, I think Pressy's strategy is no different than when he made the Clippers pick uh, or when he traded for the Clippers picks or the Rockets picks. Those are both teams that were at the top or at least perceived to be at the top. And he's betting that they're not going to be at the top by then. It is just unlikely that six years down the road that it, and now he's like betting on, he's directly betting on their future and saying like, Hey, I actually think that they're probably not going to be there because most teams that are at the tip top find their way. They fall, whether that be as far as like, even if it's like the 14th pick or something like that, you know? Yeah, well, especially after you see how uh, Jokic responded in the post-game ceremony. <laughs> does, does not come across as a guy who just, like, lives, breathes, eats basketball and wants to do this until he just cannot go anymore. Yeah. It sounds like a guy who kind of wants to do what he needs to do <laughs> to, like, establish his legacy, and then he's going to get the hell out. Like, is, yeah. he, is he really going to play when he's 34? I mean, if, if people are already putting him in like the top 20 conversation and, and legitimately so because of the two MVPs and, and already having a ring, like if he gets another ring, the, just the way he talked about basketball made me think like, I don't know if this guy's going to be like. He was annoyed by the idea of a parade. <laughs> yeah, like he, he does not come across the way like Chris Paul comes across. Chris Paul seems like. Oh, man. He's. He's going to play until he can't play, and then he's probably going to go into coaching. Yeah, he's, and he's gonna, just always going to yeah, be. He's going to be in the league forever. Forever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I do not get that impression from Jokic, which no. is perfectly fine. Nuts. But when we're thinking about these future picks, it's like, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Go, go, race your horses. Yeah, whenever I mean, you want to have their their twenty seven and twenty nine picks. I I think it's a good bet, and that's what he's doing. He's just betting that that they won't be good by then. And also, even if they are good, to have two picks, two first-round picks to trade or to draft with, because we saw like Christian Brown is actually quite important to Denver, and he's cheap, to either have cheap guys to have on your roster or to be able to use those picks to trade, if you can take two first-round picks and like a decent chunk of salary, you can get, some, you can get something really good. Yeah. So like it's a it's a play for the future. They weren't going to draft four rookies next year anyways. They like and and here's the deal with the 37th pick this year. If they really wanted to get a pick in the 30s, they could probably go get a pick in the 30s. Well, also that like they could have kept it. Like if if they had yeah. identified that as that part of the draft as being just you know, a rich source of all of these prospects. They probably would have just kept it. Yeah, totally. And I and I don't really see it necessarily as a like roster spots issue. I see it more as just they like their guys. Oh and no, it, no, he was he was pressured. He had to get rid of them, Andrew. <laughs> he had to get rid of them. I think the only people that care about the roster spots are just like OKC fans because I I don't I just I mean. Sam made a great trade with Houston, you know, before the season last year to clear those roster spots. And it just was, did not seem like it was that big of a deal, <laughs> you know, and we're like, sitting yeah, there it was, like, it was very rude too, because me? we spent, we what spent multiple podcast episodes going over like, okay, who would you keep out of Teo, oh. Veet, 
Derek Favors. And we were saying like, it was really nice that Derek Favors showed up at Vegas. Maybe yeah. we'll, we'll keep him around just because he's a good veteran presence. And then he just gets rid of all of them. And he's like, no, they're all gone. <laughs> yeah. All what a waste them. of time. It's a big waste of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All that to say, this is a play for the future. It's a very, it's a, I, we don't know what the protections are, but I would guess that they are favorable to the Thunder just because oh, of what they wait because of what I they gave wait up. Wait for them to come out. So anybody that's saying stuff, just, they just they don't they don't get it, and that's okay. Most people, most people, national people, everybody don't know how to talk about the Thunder. They don't know how to talk about what they're doing. They don't know how to talk about the team. They don't know how to talk about the Thunder. Like that's just a reality. The only thing that ever bothers me, honestly, is just this idea that it's bad to have all these firsts. That there's some reckoning coming where they're going to have to, to get rid of them or, or, or give them up for cheap. And it's like, who, who even if they did, who cares? Or like, look at their roster, the same roster that everyone thinks is such a great young roster. Yeah. Who cares? Or you literally do what Sam just did. And you take like the horde of picks and you thin it out and you press it out into the future where you still basically have the same stuff, but now it's just spread out further yeah. to where it can actually help you. That is, it, it is dumb to think that that's a bad thing or that something bad has happened to the thunder that it's, it's, Oh, I, I wish they were Detroit and just didn't have any. Picks. Oh, we should just give them all away to charity. We should just give them all to Charlotte as I think charity. People legitimately want Sam when he does one of these trades, like when he did the SGA trade, gets like five or six picks. Yeah, he should have said, "Clippers, would you mind taking one back? Yeah. I just, <laughs> it's I don't it's, know what I'm going to do with it. I'm it, worried about it. <laughs> would you mind just taking one back? It's too many. It's too many." Yeah, I mean, I, I I do the same thing when I negotiate my my contract. Is like when they try to offer me more money, I'll say, "Listen, I I it's too much. Just please, please just stop. Just will take, you at least take some sick days from me? Just please, yes, give me fewer sick days. You know what? L- let me pay for my own insurance, okay? Because it's just it's just <sighs> too much. Yeah, and like I would get it if the if people didn't like the roster, but like people like the roster like it's clearly all working out so far yeah and it doesn't mean it will work out but it's working out so far and so whatever yeah and they're far from done you know there's a lot Anywho. there's a lot of things that can happen including the draft which is uh eight days away yeah so are you even going to be able to do a wednesday pod next week i don't even know because it's draft eve yeah i'm gonna be in brooklyn and we're gonna be I don't know. We might have to do it on Tuesday. Wow. So we'll see. I don't know. I, I get there pretty early. So maybe. I don't know. Um, so Jonathan Gavoni yep. released a new uh, mock draft today. He did. And uh, there was some... Some nuggets in there. A little button there. Yeah, yeah. Some the only... So first of all, for Andrew, uh, he mocked Kobe Buffkin to the Thunder. Congrats! Thank you. I'm feeling uh, good. I'm feeling good about that. I w- I would love for Kobe Buffkin to be on this team, obviously, and I don't have to tell you why because if you're listening right now, <laughs> you already know why. Uh, the only other names 
that were associated with Thunder, Control F Thunder, were Derek Lively. Yeah. Uh, Grady Dick. Mm hmm. And Bilal, in the sense that he said that the Jazz and Thunder both sent decision makers to Monaco this week. Just yeah. Another look at Kulabali. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, those were the only names that were brought up in reference to the Thunder. Mm -hmm. Derek Lively, Grady Dick. The Derek Lively one was a little interesting just because he said the Magic, the Thunder, and Hawks are also believed to have interest. Two of those teams, Magic and Thunder, usually don't get a lot of leaks from them. Um, so who, who knows what that's based on, but yeah, thought it was just interesting that those were the names that they were associated with. I, I tend to believe when things are said like that around this time of it's year more from the agent. Well, it's, well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely from the agent side or from, a, or it's, it's not Sam Presti or it's from <laughs> Jeremy Wu, who he's interested in, <laughs> um, or it's from other teams. I just think that that's true. Yeah, you know, and more often than not, it tends to be not correct. Who knows though? We'll never know. But Maybe you don't know until you know. Time. You never know until you know. Uh, some of the other things in this article: the Warriors are exploring the option of acquiring a high draft pick for Jonathan Kaminga. <laughs> which uh, I'm, I was trying to, I'm looking through like the order. Yeah, that's what see, I was like, doing. Who? who who might be interested in that kind of a deal? Because yeah, I'm sure there's there are probably still teams that are high on Kuminga or feel like he's been used incorrectly and yeah. would like to give him a larger role. Like if the if the Rockets were lower down than four, mm -hmm. I can maybe see them mm -hmm. doing it. Mm -hmm. Might make might make some sense. Um, For Utah at nine, maybe. Yeah, I mean the problem with Kuminga is that. You know, you get him for one more year, and I'm assuming you're trading for him because you want to give him a, a larger role, and then you're going right into extension talks. Yeah. Yeah, it's... And so you have to really like him than whatever your options are in this draft. Yeah. It's also a red flag to all the teams that are trying to trade for him that the Warriors are trying to trade him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that as well. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean... Toronto, Toronto. I mean, yeah. 13? If you're at thirteen, and yeah. yeah, I think I would probably do that. Okay, and just be like, yeah, there's, whatever, fine. There's one. Yeah, but like even the Mavs with the Mavs, is that? I don't. Is Kaminga really been. more ready to help than like Kaysen Wallace or, or Grady Dick or Taylor Hendricks? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I wouldn't. I oh. wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. I would just take the guys. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. So good luck to them. Good luck, um, good luck Warriors. There's good a lot of people that still like Jonathan Kaminga quite a bit. Um, hey, prove it. <laughs> give up. Give up a top. 10 yeah. Pitch for well, I'm talking more like media people that I oh, talk to. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm. I'm not one of them. Um, obviously, the Warriors aren't one of them either. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's really tough because it feels like even if you do believe him in him, he's kind of developed in a way that hasn't been particularly suited to what he like to what his ceiling could be. Yeah, you know, he's kind of being developed as a role player. Yeah. Whereas if he had gone, I mean, even if he had gone to OKC, we talked back then we didn't think they were going to take him. Yeah. But he would have gotten the beige treatment. He would have gotten to just like try stuff out, 
mm-hmm. see see what his his limits were, you know, yeah. which I think would have been good for him. Also, who's making that decision? What decision? In Golden State. Oh, probably uh, Mike Dunleavy, Junior. I guess so. I'm assuming. Yeah. Or or uh, Lakeub's son. I was gonna say the Lakeubs. This feels like something the Lakeubs might do. Yeah. Uh, other things, a lot of this we kind of know. Blazers will continue to explore trades for three, but would be pleased with staying put for Scoot or Brandon Miller. Obviously, they're going to say that, even if they want to trade. Like, why yeah, we, you're like, no, well, like we, we, def- we, uh, we hate both of these. We've guys. got to trade this pick. Help us take use this pick. <laughs> Mavs are listening to trade offers for number ten. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, we know that. Uh, oh. Lakers are exploring trades with teams who own multiple first round picks. I, I'm already guaranteeing you right now, Lakers are going to come out of this draft and people are going to be pumped about whoever they get because they're <laughs> in the perfect spot at pick 17, I think. There's going to be somebody good there, yeah. Somebody's going to drop. Like Nick Smith Jr., that, that was, I think, who he might have mocked to them in this one. Yeah, yeah. If he falls to them, everyone's going to go insane. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, so He's a top five high school prospect. Oh, my oh, gosh. come on. I can't believe this. Um <laughs> The the mock or the the player and team that he had that I was like oh that sounds exactly correct is uh where is it down here Brandon uh, Podzimski to uh, the Grizz yeah Podzimski yeah that feels like a very yeah yeah Grizz yeah oh definitely not in a bad way just like that that, that he's correct. that he's ready to go yeah Jaime Hawkes to the Blazers too I actually yeah. talked about that with um, Vasini last week just like yeah I kind of liked that one as well where he would go. Because he, could, I think he'll just play right away, just because he's a little older and he's NBA ready body and can kind of fit wherever. Yeah, I think, um, I think that's a good, a good one. Yeah, I'm trying to see if, I mean, like Rayon Rupert going to the Heat. That's, that was a little strange to me. Yeah. Um, basically everyone. Oh, never mind. They they have Taylor Hendricks to the Jazz now because last mock draft they had Jalen Hood Shafino at nine, and I, I was very confused. But he he has been bumped down to thirteen. Now. Even thirteen just seems high to me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Casein Wallace steadily falling down. I feel like there's so many people who really like him, but every like uh, Intel mock draft has him going later than I would expect. Yeah, I I like him a lot too. I would I would take him if I was the Thunder. But Yeah. Um yeah, he does seem to be falling, which is a little strange. But you know, if Buffkin's gonna rise so much, somebody's gotta fall. Somebody's gotta fall. Uh and then uh Sar Thompson's gonna work out for the Pacers. And and I I've I've been doing more deep dive on a Sar Thompson. I'm I'm starting to get I'm starting to cool off a little bit on the Thompson twins, Andrew. Yeah. There, uh, there's a lot to be concerned about with them. For I'm sure. getting, a, I'm just getting a little nervous. Um, Asar apparently has a pretty wide range in the yeah. lottery of where he might go. Yeah, I like the uh, size and athleticism and passing. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those are things that I like. Um, hey, also Sam Vecini, his draft Released guy, his uh, draft guy, dropped this morning. Uh, it's uh, one. It's beautiful. Um, it's he's got like a top 100 board. Uh, that's pretty pretty cool. He, Where's he got Buffkin? Eleven. Eleven. Okay. Buffkin at eleven. Yep. Uh, the other thing, which I don't know if you talked to McKelly about, was the the Pelicans rumors. No, they they uh, they didn't 
surface until after we we talked. Oh, okay. So unless you've been living under a rock, <laughs> uh, you've probably heard from Sham Sharania that yeah. uh, the Pelicans are aggressively trying to trade up to get Scoot Henderson, mm-hmm. either pick two or pick three, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, it's a great piece of scuttlebutt because it's very believable when you start thinking through all the different aspects of this. Um, whether it be all the stuff that's going on with Zion or the fact that their roster is just getting really expensive really quickly um, with Zion's extension kicking in soon. And this is a team that, you know, has made the playoffs once, you know, and they already have this really expensive roster. Yep. And they've needed a lead point guard for a while now. I mean, even when Lonzo was there, he wasn't really a lead point guard. Um, even when Drew Holiday was there, he wasn't really like, like a lead point guard in the traditional way we think about it. And so Scoot Henderson make a lot of sense for them just positionally. Yeah. And then, you know, I've been so focused on Portland this entire time. You know, what is Portland going to do? Are they going to trade the third pick? And then you see a tr- you see a rumor like this, and you're like, man, this makes so much sense for the Hornets based on everything we know about the Hornets. Like. Mm-hmm. If they if their GM is going to come out after the draft lottery and say we're at a point where we can start drafting for uh, fit, like why would they not want to trade for Brandon Ingram as a overtaking someone like Brandon Miller? Like that's that sounds like exactly the sort of thing they would want to do if yeah. if, they're, if they believe that they're going to bounce back quickly next year, which bounce back means I guess like get back to the play in because that's where they were before. Mm-hmm. Like Adding someone like Brandon Ingram makes way more sense for that plan than taking Brandon Miller. Mm-hmm. You know, If you're going to do a slow build, then obviously taking Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson would make more sense. But if you have the opportunity to get Brandon Ingram, he's 25. He's still 25. Yeah. like That makes a ton of sense to me for the Hornets. I don't know if they do it or not, but the idea of it makes a lot of sense. Would you want to trade Zion or Ingram if you're New Orleans? Uh, I mean, it all comes down to health for Zion. I don't really care about the off the court stuff. I mean, it's it's been entertaining as a as a as a neutral observer. <laughs> the, the off the court stuff that I care about is just all of the health stuff and the way that it's yeah, been handled. That's it. And the and the optics on a lot of it are just bad, like straight yeah. up bad. The other stuff is also straight up bad, but. But it doesn't like really matter. Like, and hopefully, yeah, both because he's about to become a dad, and also just like seeing this other woman just post all of his Snapchats for days on end. Hopefully, that was like a wake up call for him. You would imagine, like, that's about as bad as it can get for a professional athlete. The top of that eighteen draft is look is just the most embarrassed number one and number two pick maybe in the history of the league right now. And they're like both great players, both great players, like talent wise. Amazing picks. They both nailed it. Yeah, they did the exact right thing, and they are both <laughs> so embarrassed. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, it's so bad. Yeah, it's just. But that said, ugh. like all of his off-court stuff, like I just don't care about it. Um, and yeah. I think like it's a bad look. But, but is it going to affect his playing career? Probably not. Has as like a lot of NBA players been through this exact scenario. This is yes. just like an extreme version of it where yeah. it's just everything is out in public. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So it all it all come down to, you know, whether they think he's healthy or not and who knows. But I, 
I just I, I think they would probably go with trading Brandon Ingram just because the ceiling is still so much higher with Zion. I mean, we've kind of as good as Brandon Ingram has been, you still like, do you really think he's a number one guy on like a good team? I mean, as good pro- as he's been. I mean, probably no, I don't. I don't. Whereas you can feel pretty confident that if Zion was healthy, like that could be a number one guy on a good team. So I, I, I guess th- what I is you- the I, I guess like if you could trade Zion for Scoot and you thought Scoot could be your number one, would the better yeah. bet be to have Scoot and BI or Scoot and and Z? I, I think Scoot and BI is the safer yeah. option, but I think you're still gonna have a higher ceiling with Scoot and Zion. Uh, that is true. It's it all comes down to like how risk averse they are. Yeah. With it all. Because yeah. You're going to have to give up something real good. And it can't just be like, hey, we're going to give you four picks and Trey Murphy. Right. You know. Yeah. yeah. Who's also good. He's good. And they, and they need to keep him. He's good. In this scenario, if they're going to bring in Scoot, who has shooting questions, and then keep Zion, who doesn't shoot. Yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. So, uh, yeah, I was just, I was, uh, that's incredible scuttlebutt. I love it. Yeah, that's good stuff. It's unlikely to happen, but it's great. Be prepared for more scuttlebutt. Yeah, give us more like that. Yeah, that was... that, that that like really sent me down like a like I had to sit down and think about that one <laughs> for a while because it was so good. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. Um, okay, are you do you, ready do to you have on? anybody that you zeroed in on at twelve for the Thunder that you're just like okay these this is who I would want the Thunder to take or do you have like a, a group. <clears throat> Of three, I'm gonna keep talking until you can kind of work out your coughing. Um, um, the guys that I would be perfectly happy with. Uh huh. Oh well, actually, I shouldn't say that because I'd be perfectly happy with a lot. There's of so guys. many. There's so many. Michaela and I went through this exercise on Monday where we was like, we're, we talked about like, are you in out? Yeah, and I still really so like Leonard Miller. I know I haven't talked about him in a few weeks, but I just still really like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, I love how productive he was at that level. Yeah. Um, you know, size, the the skill. I just I really like him. I I keep seeing him falling further and further down in mock drafts. Uh Gavoni had him going twenty six to the Pacers. But I still really like him. Yeah. Um other guys, I mean, again, I'm I'd be happy with any of these guys. Kobe Buffkin. Bilal, I, even though everything I said about Bilal last week, I'd still be perfectly happy with it. Grady Dick, Derek Lively, Taylor Hendricks. If Taylor Hendricks, if they got Taylor Hendricks, I would be more excited than all those guys I just mentioned. Yeah, I think I, would, I, I think I would as well. I'm, I'm in the weird place with him, and I think I've said this on multiple podcasts, but just that I'd be surprised if they took him, but he's one of my favorite, like, is he a Thunder guy players? Yeah, yeah, he's that would that would be very exciting. Be, mainly because you instantly see the fit, and so now going into next year, you're like, oh my gosh, like the all the pieces have fallen into place. Yeah, and he's he's versatile in that he can play the four and the five, and you can play lots of different lineups with him. Like you could play him with Chet, you could play him with Kenrich, you could play yeah, him for with sure. J Dub. You know, yeah, you the can, fact that he would offer some additional rim protection because they really don't have a lot of rim protection outside of Chet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there it's it's not it's it's very very easy 
to see how he would fit with this roster. Yeah, How, so that, however, him not making decisions with the basketball make me question whether he would be a, a Thunder. And maybe he wouldn't have to, Andrew. The decisions will be made for him. I know that. I, I that's why it's easy to to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah. So I mean, yeah. T- Taylor Hendricks feels like the most realistic. Where maybe he could potentially fall to twelve. I still don't really believe that. Or maybe they can move up to ten and get him in a deal with Dallas, it still feels like just out of reach, like just yeah. unattainable. Yeah. But realistic enough where I'll, I'll dream about it. Yeah. Where's the guys above that? I don't know. I, as we get closer to the draft, I'm just feeling that they're, they're not going to make like a big trade up, even though there do seem to be so many teams willing to trade out. Uh, just when you think they aren't going to do it, that's when they do it. That'd be great. That'd be great. I'd love to reverse jinx this because <laughs> if they traded up, oh my God, that would be exciting. Just to know that they identified someone, you could know beyond the shadow of a doubt that like this was their guy. Yeah. That would make me feel yeah, very yeah. excited. Um, okay, you ready to play my game? Let's take a break and then let's play your game. Ooh. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. And we're back after the quick break. Now it's time to play a game. Yeah, so this is a this is going to be a fun game, folks. And I would encourage you to uh, go on YouTube because it'll it'll heighten the experience even more. Because <laughs> I'm going to share something in a second. So uh, <clears throat> one of the things about this draft, Andrew, yeah, is that I look a- across the like you know guys typically going in the top ten or in the lottery, mm-hmm. and I kind of like all of them. Yeah, like it's hard for me to identify the obvious bust. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think back to Hashim Thabit's year, where I, I, I like instantly knew that is not a good pick. That is a bust. I hated the pick immediately. Everyone's dad and grandpa knew that wasn't going to work out. Yes, I do not feel that way about anyone in this draft. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let me share some. Let me share something. Uh, are you going to let me share? Uh, I would love to let you share. I'm trying to figure out. How to okay, do I think, that. Okay, can you see that? Oh, yeah, I got you. Yep. Okay, so I started with the 2019 draft. Uh-huh. And I went back to 2010. So that's 10 drafts. And I went through just the lottery. And I organized the guys who were taken in the lottery into a couple different categories, five categories. Yeah. First category, all-NBA players, pretty straightforward. Yep. Those are guys who made an all-NBA team. Shea is included in that. Hmm? Uh, next, high-end starter slash all-star. So these could be guys who made an all-star team but have never made all-NBA like Brandon Ingram. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be a high-end starter who's never made the all-star game like Jamal Murray, Mikhail Bridges, uh, CJ McCollum, those types of players. Basically, if you are drafting anyone in these first two groups, you're feeling amazing about your pick. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, third one starter key bench player. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking guys like Steven Adams, for instance. Yeah. A guy who has pretty reliably been a starter and a solid starter in the NBA for a long time. Not really ever thought of as a fringe all-star player, kind of just below that. Like but a, still a like really a, like a Wendell player. Carter Jr. Exactly. Wendell Carter Jr., Markel Fultz, I included in that as well. I, I even included uh, Tyler Hero in there, which some people might want to bump him higher, but I, I kind of felt like starter key bench player you're still feeling pretty good about yeah. uh, this category. Yeah, yeah. Role player are guys who stick in the league a long time, but they're always kind of in a smaller role. The the classic example I had for this was Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. Just a guy who you kind of associate him. He's been in the league this a long time, but he's always kind of just been a role player. Yeah. And then you have the fringe slash out of the league. That's what OOL stands for. Fringe mm-hmm. slash out of the league. These are guys who maybe they stuck around a while, but they've always kind of been, you know, if they, if they weren't in the league the next year, it wouldn't have surprised you. Or they just were completely out of the league by their second contract. Yeah. Is this for the lottery? Just for the lottery. Okay. So just the top 14 picks. Okay. So just as an example, let's just go through uh, a draft. Yeah. So you can see like how I separated people out. So I think 2016 is a really straightforward one. Yeah. So 2016... All NBA players, Ben Simmons. Yeah. 
Jalen Brown. Yep. And Demonis Sabonis. Yeah. High end starters. There were two. It was Brandon Ingram. Yeah. And Jamal Murray. Yep. Uh, starters slash key bench player. There were two, and it was uh, Buddy Heald and Jakob Pertl. Yep. Jakob. Pretty, pretty solid guys. And then role players. I think there were there any. Oh, there was one. Uh, who did I say is the one? Oh, Tarin Prince. Yeah. Wait, where'd you have he, Buddy Heald? Buddy Heald, he was a starter. Oh, okay. Slash key bench player. Okay, okay. And then that draft. So this is these are the guys I considered fringe slash out of the league. Yeah. Denzel Valentine. Papa G. Yorgos Papayanis. <laughs> Drafted Thon. <laughs> 13. Thon McCurr. Marquise Chris. Chris Dunn, Dragon Bender. Again, I know Chris Dunn like had a, a nice moment this this season, this past season. Don't even but do like, that. If don't he even was say that. Don't even year. do it. Don't do it. Don't say it. Don't do it. Don't okay. say it. So, so that that's kind of how I went through. 2016 is a pretty straightforward one. There were guys where I had questions, like Aaron Gordon, for instance. Do you consider him a starter key bench player, or you consider him a high-end starter slash fringe all-star? You know, you can go back and forth. Probably, probably starter key bench player. Okay, so now what we're going to do, Andrew, is we're going to go through the last four drafts and slot these guys based on the average per draft. So So we can only include just a few. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I've combined the first two groups because we said if you draft a guy who's a fringe all-star player for most of his career, like a C.J. McCollum, you feel great. That's an awesome pick all the way up to an all-NBA on average, there's four of those guys in the lottery. Mm-hmm. And, and a couple of them will be all NBA, which we'll decide at the end. There's usually about three starters slash key bench players. There's usually about four role players. And then there's three fringe out of the league players. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to go through the last four drafts, 2020, 2021, 2022, and then 2023. Now I've picked Ooh. for 2023. I just kind of, I would say up to Grady Dick. I feel pretty confident those guys are going. Yeah. In the lottery, and yeah. then I just picked four guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those seem. I mean, Kaysen, Buffkin, Lively, Kulabali seem. Uh, that seems about right. Yeah, decent, decent. Um, okay, so let's start with 2020. Yeah, All NBA to fringe All Star. Anthony Edwards seems like obvious. Edwards Sorry. obvious. Lamelo obvious. Obvious. Uh, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese obvious. Halliburton. Yep. And then one more. Do we have to choose one more? You have to choose the amount that there is on average. Uh, Vassell, probably. Okay, Devin Vassell. That's probably who I would go with. So our All-NBA to fringe all-star players from the 2020 draft, Anthony Edwards, Lamelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, Devin Vassell. Uh-huh. Now we get to the starters slash key bench players. I would say Patrick Williams. Pat Williams, Akongwu. Akongwu, I, I'd agree with that. And then maybe... Depending on how you feel, like a, a Coro? Denny Avdia. No, he's more a role player. He's yeah, a Coro. But we got to pick someone, Andrew. A Coro. Don't you a think? Coro. Really? Okay. He's got that dog in him. I know, but he's he feels like such a role player, like the definition of a role player. He is. Uh, I still really like him. Okay. So then, Denny would be obvious role player. Yeah, Denny top in. Uh, Neesmith, maybe uh, Nees- uh, or Jalen Smith, one of the Smiths. Do you, Do you want to go J- Wiseman? This is our last chance, or we could go Killian Hayes because 
Once we choose this last player, all the rest will be fringe slash out of the league. Put Jalen Smith in. I think Jalen Smith can actually play. Really? Wow. So that means that for our three fringe slash out of the league players for the yeah. 2020 draft, yeah. James Wiseman, Killian Hayes, and Kyra Lewis Jr. That seems right. So you feel good about that? I feel really good about that. I, I just don't think Wiseman can play. I like a winning team. It's yeah. so hard to be a big man that doesn't play good NBA defense and isn't elite offensively to actually make it. Okay. All right. So that's how we feel. And and again, these could change year to year. Like yeah. this year wasn't particularly strong. Isaac Okoro should probably be a role player. But yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. I, it should be just a Kong Wu and Pat Williams. Yeah. And Okoro is a role player. But yeah, yeah. Okay, 2021, I say we start with fringe because it's super easy. Josh Primo. Fringe, <laughs> He's out of the league. James, James Booknight. Booknight. <laughs> Zaire, you, are, you, are you good with Zaire Williams? Um, of this or group, would you rather yeah. go with like a Duarte? I think, oh gosh. We have to choose three. I think fringe, I can see, out of the league. I guess I'll put Zaire. Okay. Um. I think this is the... I, I want to work up to All-NBA Fringe All-Star since this is the Giddy Draft. Yeah. So, role players, you know, Chris Duarte. Duarte, Moody. Moody, and maybe... Davion. Oh, but see, look where we have Kuminga now, Andrew. Oh. Ooh. Oh, wait, we can still do Kuminga for a uh, It's for four. Yeah, yeah, four. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Role players. So yeah, that, yeah. That Fine. feels good. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, gosh, we're not good. Why not? It looks great. Yeah, it's fine. I guess, yeah, you got to okay, start with Suggs. Got to start with Suggs. Okay, so we get three starters or key bench players from the 2021 draft. We need to choose two more out of Franz Wagner, Josh Giddy, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, and Cade Cunningham. Jalen Green next. Okay. This is a Thunder podcast, so it's probably to be expected that we'd put him there. Over, I mean, this is a really elite group. I agree. I agree, but we have to do it. We have to stick to it. Okay. So who would you go next? Uh, I, this is, I'm biased. Like, I'm just biased. Like, just like flat out, I'm biased. And I would put Franz Wagner there. Fra you would put Franz in the starter key bench. I would, yeah. <sighs> See, I'd almost be tempted to go Scotty Barnes or Cade. I wouldn't. I I I think Scotty's like I think Scotty and Cade have just like another gear to go to. Wow. Okay. I don't know if I endorse this, but I'm going to put Franz Wagner there. I think a case could be made that you could put Giddy there as well. That would be who it would be between for me. But I'm just And that like, is who most fans of other teams would have put there. They would put Giddy start a key bench. Yeah, but people don't project. understand. Giddy is like so emblematic of like the Thunder themselves. Is that like people don't know how to talk about? Um, people don't know how to talk about Giddy, and people don't know how to talk about the Thunder. Well, but at the same time, people don't know how to talk about Franz. Like there was a tweet the other day, like who do you think is going to be the best out of this draft? And it was four players, and Franz was not included when he was like they had like Jalen Green as one of them. Yeah. No, Franz is very good. He's very, very good. Yeah. He's definitely um, like the highest floor of almost anybody in that draft. 
Oh, Jay Smith just texted us. People are so mad at your Franz hate. It's not hate. I mean, saying that he's I think a, it might be hate, Andrew. It's not hate at all. I think he's very good. I just think those other guys have a higher sin. To get to All-NBA, Fringe All-Star. I, I would take Franz over Scotty. Franz is already a better defender. He's a better shooter. He can pass. Like I, I realize that he's not... He doesn't project as like the potential lead ball handler that Scotty yeah. does. But I think Scotty has gotten a little bit overrated. Like we think of him as this guy, yeah, as this elite defender when Franz is the better defender. True. And I've heard some weird stuff about his personality. Flip him. All right, we're switching. Flip we're switching him. it. Flip Franz him, flip him, flop him. Here. Also, the shooting is a problem. Yeah, absolutely. The shooting is okay. a problem. Also, Toronto's a trash organization. So, oh my gosh, <laughs> you just keep piling on. I'm just joking about that. Okay. Um, yeah, I feel good about that. Cade, Mobley, Wagner, Giddy. Yeah. Yeah, I think I feel it's good a, about it's that. It's a tough year. It, I would say it's more likely that you would have more in that first, you know. I was going to say, like, I, I would feel comfortable having Scotty in that group, too, and having five there. Yeah, but you got um, to you you choose. You know? Then I would doing what we've had to do here. Uh, but that we can't do that. Okay. Yeah. 2022. So this is last year's draft. So this is going to get tough. I think the obvious one, I'm highlighting him now, Johnny Davis. Yeah. Let's move him to fringe out of the league. I feel pretty confident about that. We feel pretty good about Paulo being all NBA. Yeah. And I mean, we're Thunder fans, so let's put Chad. Yeah, I mean, come NBA. on. Yeah, I mean, come on. Um where do you want to go next? Let's. What do you feel confident about? I feel like Keegan, Keegan Murray, Murray starter, starter key, yeah, key bench. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. Yeah. I think I uh, feel that way about Duran as well. Yeah, I would agree. I think you can put J Dub as one of your top four. Okay. All right. Of this group, I think Agbaji role player, role player for sure. Good I think you that. can put. Uh, so maybe Jeremy Sohan is a role player. Okay. Oh wow, he used to be so high on Jeremy, and now you've downgraded him to role player. Yeah, I don't know what to do with Jabari or Ivy. So this is where, and I think this is what happens. Like in the moment, you know, we would have never guessed that James Wiseman was going to be, you know, fringe out of the league, that we would have put him there. Mm -hmm. Or even Killian Hayes. Like, it's likely one of these guys, and honestly, <laughs> I might put Oos there. Yeah, if I you're going right to now. choose somebody from this from this group to be you there, probably you probably put, have to choose Oos just based on what happened in his rookie season compared yeah. to these other guys. He could he could turn it around. Yeah, but based comparing him to these players, I think you put him in the fringe slash out of the league group. Yeah, who is our fourth? Uh, well, we, we only have, have to have one more fringe guy. Now we can fill in these other ones. I I feel like Dyson Daniels, role player, feel pretty confident there. Maybe even starter, key bench. Um, yeah, I put I believe him at role player. I wouldn't put him any higher than that. Okay. We have one more starter key bench player. <sighs> we have Jabari, Jaden Smith, Benedict Matherin, and Shaden Sharp. We also have one more All NBA player. I know that's what I'm looking at. I I, I, I almost want to go Shaden. 
Yeah, I just don't trust. I just, and this is why I struggle with Shaden and Jaden Ivey, is like, I just don't trust what happens at the end of a season with a bad team with a high usage player. Like, I just don't trust that it's real. I just don't oh, trust Oh, yeah, it. for sure. And that's what happened with both of these guys at the end of the season. And also what happened with Trey Mann at the end of his rookie season where we were like, just gaga over Trey. Well, would you feel better about moving Jalen Duran, bumping him up? No. Okay. You got to pick someone, Andrew. <laughs> I know. I don't like this. I don't like this one. <laughs> um, I got... Uh, I mm, I think I would feel more confident with Ben Matherin and the All-Star Fringe All-NBA. Really? Okay. Just because we've seen him really, really score. In, For like, sure. In moments where like the Pacers were competitive. I would almost... I see. I could also see the argument for him as a role player. <laughs> I know, because he doesn't pass. And he... There's a lot. I don't know. Uh, like he could, he absolutely could be like a microwave scorer. Like that, that could be his future. It could be much higher than that. But yeah. I, I, if someone wanted to argue for role player, I would. Yeah, I would. <sighs> I'm starting to think Jabari as role player. Uh, I was. I would lean more toward starter key bench with him. And what I would probably do Ooh. is move Abaji to fringe uh, out and okay. Ivy and Shaden into the role player area. Whew, um, that was a tough one. Yeah. I could also see sliding, changing either Ivy or Sharp for Keegan Murray. Really? Okay. Just because of the upside. You know hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, are we for sure, like Keegan Murray is older. Are we for sure that he's going to be so much better than he is now? And if he just is like this, but like just a little bit better, then he's probably just a role player, right? But at the same time, he's already a starter on a playoff team. You know, like he was a starter I on know. a three seed. I know. It's very hard to take that away from him. It's a good... This was a not the greatest like at the top draft because we've struggled so... This is different than the... Tw- like the 21 draft is obviously like very good at the top. Yeah. Where like you yeah. felt like you had to squeeze somebody out of there and like in this one you have to feel like you have to squeeze somebody in there. Like, okay, he doesn't really belong but we have to put him there. Uh, I don't. I don't like the Benedict pick. I don't like seeing Benedict... All NBA fringe all star. Okay, who do you feel good about then? Like anyone else? Well, like, I, I, make the case. Would, make the case to me, because like, I can't. I I'm having trouble getting there with any of these guys, honestly. Because I just I'm not sure that I believe the that Jabari could be that. Like I, I just don't see. I think I would end up if I was doing this, which I'm not. It's all you. <laughs> these are all Andrew's opinions. If you hate them, it's all Andrew. <laughs> I think I would go with Shaden just because I do really believe in the shot. Yeah. And he's young enough where it's very easy for me to imagine the upside with him. Oh, I'm getting uh I'm getting a text from from one of my beat writer friends saying put Jabari 
in the uh, All NBA Fringe All Star. Really, who, Ta- <laughs> a beat writer's watching us and toss out Matherin. Yeah, my uh, my buddy Eric Name. Oh wow, is watching. He's t- he's next to me right now. He said Jabari. He said toss out Matherin. I agree with that. I don't feel good about Matherin. Okay, I don't feel good about Jabari either, though. <sighs> I mean, Jabari. I could. I just feel like the. I don't know the possibility of him being like. All, an all-star or all-NBA. just He would have to be like, like giant Clay Thompson, shooter. like everybody thought he would. Like That's what people kind of fantasized yeah. with him. Um, I, I feel better about putting Jabari there than Benedict. Okay. I still don't love all this, but... Yeah, this, is, this feels gross. There's a lot this of this that just feels a little gross. I, I could be underrating... Ivy and Shaden Sharp, for sure. Yeah, like I could see a world where Jalen Duran needs to be moved down to role player, and one of those guys needs to be moved over. Yeah, because who is a good example of like? Uh, well, I guess we're just talking about starter key bench. So you know, I'm, yeah, you compare him like to the Stephen Adams role, which he absolutely could hit that. Yeah. Yeah, it's not unrealistic. Yeah. Just based on his like strength, athleticism, his ability to move his feet. Like he's got but a I do lot. Think a part of why this is so difficult is because it just happened. A, it's, a year it's, from now, this is going to be a lot easier. Yes. Just like yeah, just like twenty one. Like after the rook after their rookie seasons, it would have been a lot harder. Like Duarte, we would have been like, Oh man, Duarte, he's probably needs to be a starter, right? You know. Well primo Obviously, Primo, like, Primo like, would have been higher. Yeah, yeah. Primo would have been higher. Even Zaire Williams did not have a bad rookie season. Yeah. You know? And, like, also, like, Oos might have a great second season and Dyson Daniels may never play, you know? Like, we just right. don't, we just don't know. Like, there, there is, there's way too much that we don't know. And, and maybe Jabari has just an awesome second season when they get an actual point guard in there. Let's say James Harden goes there. And it unlocks Jabari. Like, that's possible. Yeah. Okay, so let me do a little recap. I realize people are listening. Uh, so 2022, we just did it. The All-NBA to Fringe All-Star players, we get four of them. We picked Paulo, Chet, J-Dub, and Jabari Smith Jr. We don't feel great about it, but we don't know who else we want. Yeah. Uh, starter key bench players, only three of them. Keegan, Jalen Dern, and Matherin. Role players, Jaden Ivey, Sohan. Dyson Daniels, Shaden Sharp. A lot of upside there. A lot of upside in our role player group. And then fringe out of the league, we had Johnny Davis, Usman Jang, and Ochai Agbaji. It's a tough one. Now it gets super tough. And this was the entire reason why I kind of feel like we need to switch Ivy and Matherin. I feel like we just need to keep bumping Matherin down. I would be fine having Matherin role player. I would put Shaden there, but. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, Shaden is fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually think we need to to put Matherin in <laughs> friends out of the league. Let's move Oose up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, He's gone from all NBA <laughs> to out of the league in ten minutes. <laughs> it's tough, especially scores like that. Is it's tough? Yeah. Uh, okay. Now the entire reason I wanted to do this was to try to figure out if we're able. 
to have some strong opinions on the 2023 class, the upcoming draft class. Now, the players I chose for the lottery, Wemby, Scoot, Brandon Miller, the Thompson Twins, Cam Whitmore, Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick. I feel pretty good about those 10. And then Cason Wallace, Kobe Bufkin, Derek Lively, and Bilal Kulabali. Kulabali. So we can start with Wemby. That's easy. Yeah, that's easy. Three and more. I, Scoot. I'm guessing you'd feel good about Scoot. Scoot. Um, I would say Taylor Hendricks starter. Um, hold on. Can we, (laughs) let's work our way down. (laughs) Is there, are there any other players that you feel like super confident as far as they're like all NBA? I think Brandon Miller has like a ton of potential. I was actually, McKelly and I were talking about this after the pod the other day. Yeah. Is like, who is the best pull up shooter in this class? Uh, yeah. It's a it's just a hard question to answer. Like it's Wimby. Like is Brandon Miller the next one? Maybe. Like who's the next like pull up shooter in this class? Like you don't feel comfortable saying that for the Thompson Twins. Maybe it's Cam Whitmore. Yeah. Like maybe Cam is like the next one where I could just see him scoring a lot. But he's, I didn't think you would say that, but that's who I would pick as well as the fourth All NBA to fringe All Star guy. He's third on Vicini's top one hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. And like, I trust his feel for a lot of this. And like, Whitmore's not, and we haven't talked about him favorably on this podcast just because I just don't think he possesses the uh, what it takes to be a Thunder player at a high level. But, like, that doesn't go for every other team in the league, you know? Yeah. So, I think if you're Houston, he's such a rocket. Oh, my gosh. He's such a rocket. Um. Okay. I'm guessing you're going to say Anthony Black's starter, key bench player. Hold, Just hold your horses, man. Hold on. <laughs> I like how this game is stressed. I didn't tell Andrew what we were doing today. I'm trying to wrap prepared. my brain around this. Okay, starter, key bench player. I think that if if I'm in Thompson, is who people think he is, then he has to be there. See, I would say if I'm in Thompson is who people think he is, he would have to be all NBA to fringe all star. Like, is he really just going to be a starter key bench? I either think it's all so the who way. So who are you moving down? Well, I'm saying you could put the Thompson Twins' as fringe out of the league. <laughs> <laughs> that feels aggressive. All of these will feel aggressive to put any of them as fringe out of the league. Okay, I feel good about Derek Lively, role player. Um, yeah, that feels good. <laughs> okay. Cason uh, Wallace, we, we like him. Starter, uh, I'm he, saying starter. Yeah, I feel the same about Taylor Hendricks for almost any team. I feel the same about Anthony Black and Jairus Walker, too. Move Kaysen down and put Anthony Black and Jairus Walker there. Okay. I think I feel good about those three there. Oh, my gosh. What have we done? (laughs) 
This is my point. This is going to happen. What have we in done? This lottery. Yeah, it's true. It's true. In fact, if you look back, Eric Name said move Cam Whitmore down to starter and move Amin Thompson to All NBA. Uh, I mean, and I'll then, be honest. If we don't put Amin in All NBA, <laughs> I'm putting him in fringe out of the league because I don't. <laughs> he needs the he he's got to have the right situation. I got, I honestly think that if Utah could get a hold of Amin Thompson, that would be an amazing situation for him. Yeah. Because I think that they're going to just surround him with shooting. And I think Markinen would be great for him to play off of. I think like that is such a great situation for him. Um, okay. I'm going to make you choose one of these four Taylor Hendricks, Jairus Walker, Anthony black, or cam Whitmore to remove from the starter key bench category and into a role player. <laughs> Oh boy. I think it's most likely Oh, this is painful. I think I would go I might go Hendrix. Yeah, I think Hendrix is most likely just because he doesn't have the decision making or like that necessarily the high scoring upside that Cam has. And like I know people have issues with Anthony Black, but I just think if 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 he's going to stick in the league, it's going to be because he's a starter, a key bench player. I don't really yeah. see his mold being like a, a role player necessarily. Yeah. Whereas Hendricks to... could just be like a, a good shooter yeah. and, and and a big off the bench who's like a, a solid role player. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Anthony Black could end up being like Sean Livingston. Like Sean Livingston was probably just a role player, but Livingston was also just so hampered by his injuries. Okay, Andrew, I, I have a feeling what we're already going to do. I'm putting Asar Thompson fringe out of the league. Okay. Put Bilal, Bilal there. Bali fringe out of the league. Now it comes down <laughs> to Grady Dick versus Kobe Bufkin. One will be a role player sticking in the NBA for years and years, and the other will be out of the league. We can actually still move other players down. That is true. I would probably move Derek Lively down. To fringe out of the league and then put both of these two guys? Yeah. I feel better about that. Um, I feel better about that. I feel better about that. Mostly just because I don't consider Derek Lively to actually be a Thunder target, which probably means they're definitely taking him. (laughs) Uh, So to recap, All-NBA to Fringe All-Star for the upcoming draft. Wemby, Scoot, Brandon Miller, Amen Thompson. Okay. Starter key bench players. There are three of them. Jairus Walker, Anthony Black, Cam Whitmore. Role players, four of them, Kobe Bufkin, Kaysen Wallace, Taylor Hendricks, Grady Dick. Yeah. And then fringe or out of the league, there are three of them. Asar Thompson, Bilal Koulibaly, and Derek Lively, the third. I think I actually feel pretty good about that. I feel pretty good about that. It's it's so hard. And you look at fringe out of the league, like I'm going back here. Like the lowest there's been is two. Yeah. There's been at least two every year, guys taken in the lottery who are either just completely fringe NBA players like a uh, who did I, Chris Dunn or guys who are just out of the league like a Jarrett Culver by the time they get to their second contract. Yeah. And that, that is terrifying because, again, I go back to the guys who are projected to be in the lottery of this draft, and I like all of them. Yeah. I feel pretty. I like. I've been convinced on all of these guys mm-hmm. in some respects. Yeah, and to know that likely two 
to four of them are just not going to work out at all. <laughs> and trying to figure out who I would like bet on right now for that, it's very hard. It's this is real. It's really difficult. I it will say really though, uh, going back, I do think 2022 is the toughest right now. It will get easier mm-hmm. next year, but that I'm struggling with that. Even looking at it right now, like it feels bad putting Jaden Ivey in role player. Honestly. Yeah, I, I really think the third slot of All NBA to role player is going to like shift, and he, even like, even out, out to fringe because that, like Abaji could show that he's like way more than than fringe out of the league and Jang could could do something next year you know Johnny Davis like still has a chance to redeem himself you know and like somebody's gonna fall off I mean that's just it's gonna happen somebody's gonna fall off it's tough though you made it though that was that was great and stressful and awesome no that's a good idea yeah I that's what you kind of have to remember is like the the draft is so hard man the draft is so so difficult and the way that we think about a lot of these guys I mean I remember listening to podcasts about was it that 2016 draft that yeah 2016 where people were talking about Marquise Chris oh Marquise Chris was seen as like the last good player before a drop-off yeah yeah oh I remember yeah and the Buddy Heel Jamal Murray debates, you know, and the be- and that's Dra- why Dragon that, Bender that, being like this, like, oh my gosh, what could Dragon Bender be? And like, Dragon Bender from Maccabi Tel Aviv averaged two points per game. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why I remember the trade that night. Sacramento traded that eighth pick to yeah. the Suns, yeah, and they got back like the Papa G pick, yeah. But I thought it everyone kind of thought it was such an amazing deal for Phoenix because it was like they moved back to the perfect point where we all thought this is going to be the cutoff. Yeah. They got Bender and Chris player in the draft. Yeah. They got Bender and Chris, which were like the two mega bus. They got both of them. They got both of them. I mean, yes, they missed out on those top three, but you know, buddy heel, Jamal Murray, Yaka Pertle, Sabonis, like they were all mixed in there. Even if they just like took Tori and Prince. (laughs) So at least True, we yeah. got a role player out of it. <laughs> yeah, it. You just don't know the way that we talk about a lot of these guys. We talk with such certainty. We talk with such like, oh my gosh, this guy's going to be this. This guy's going to be that. And you just don't know. And we also talk about like value and order. Like, oh, it'd be such great value to get this guy at this level, or great value there. Or there, it's all so subjective to basically what the guys who make the mock drafts do. Like that's. And then when you get to the actual draft, like I guarantee you on draft night, people talked about what great value it was for the magic to get Jalen Suggs in 21. What oh, a great sure. value. You did. I guarantee you I said those words. What a value pick at five for Orlando. And yet it was not the right one. It was not it. <laughs> That was not it. You know, even Kaminga at seven, what a great value for the Warriors. We're gonna people are gonna say these same things about somebody that drops. And the truth is, like a lot of the reason these guys drop is that they're just not that good. Yeah, it's it's there is like because there are times like Tyrese Halliburton is an example 
where everyone felt like he was dropping in the moment. Yeah. And then it became like this great pick. But much more often when a guy is dropping, I think back to, uh, oh, who was the guy? He played for the Blazers. Uh, Andrew. Wait, what, he, when? He was a big, um, oh my God, I have to go find this guy or I'm going to die. I have to find this man. What year was this draft? No idea. I have no information for you. Noah Vonley. Oh, Noah Vonley. Noah yeah. Vonley. Oh. Lead up to that draft, people were like, he could go as high as four. And then when he fell to nine, it was seen as like this huge steal. Oh, yeah. At the time. Oh, yeah. And it was, you know, turned out to be nothing. I, there's probably a guy in every draft who like fell, like Justice Winslow. Yeah. 2015. He was a follower. Let's yeah. just go through them one by one. We have nothing to do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we talked about Marquis Chris already. We already did that draft. 2017. I thought, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. falling to nine. Oh, what a great value pick for the Mavericks is yeah, what sure. was said on draft night. I mean, I was for- not thinking about Donovan Mitchell that way. Who was taken at thirteen? No, that's the thing. Is like it's all subjective and mostly wrong. You know, most of the guys that like really fall on draft night, like who who has been awesome? That's just been like, oh man, they're a faller. Probably like, Michael Porter Jr. Because I'm going with the next draft. MPJ, but it was for injury reasons, not sure. necessarily because people thought. Which, he by wasn't the way, good. did you listen to Bill Simmons' podcast with Doc Rivers? No. So he was talking about MPJ. And he was saying, you know, people at that time thought he was like a bad character guy. And you could tell because he was with the Clippers at that time. Uh-huh. He was probably talking about opinions of the Clippers front office about MPJ. Yeah. But he, but then he goes, and you know, we drafted Shea, but then we had that next pick and we took Jerome Allen. He didn't get the guy. He, didn't have, he said Jerome Allen? I heard Jerome Allen. It was definitely not Jerome Robinson, Robinson which wow. is his name. Uh, Amazing. That's amazing. He didn't even know his name. <laughs> uh, 2019, Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish was a faller. And yeah. like, yeah, definitely. It was somebody that people thought very highly of. Uh, 2021. I'm trying to think who we, we could even go through I mean, the mystery men of each draft. And like, yeah, do, Moses which, Moody, I would say, was the faller from 2021. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's not been awesome. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 2022, was there a faller last year? I guess Jalen uh, Duran. Yeah, Duran definitely fell. AJ Griffin. AJ Griffin was a faller. Yeah, for sure. AJ Griffin might be the one because some people thought about him in the top ten. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and at the end of the Hawks season, he just wasn't playing, which could mean something, could mean nothing. We just don't, we don't know yet on that one because he's like, the, I think he was one of the youngest guys in the draft outside of Duran. So. Yeah. The draft is really difficult and we feel like we know so much at this point because we've absorbed so much information about these guys. And like over the course of the next week, we're going to absorb even more information and we're going to feel even more emboldened to what we think about these guys. And the truth is like, we just don't, (laughs) we just don't know. And the NBA teams don't know either. I mean, the it's, do you have five minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I forgot. There's one more thing. On average, there are two and a half All-NBA players per lottery, which means out of these 16 players that we have put over the 2020 to 2023 drafts, 10 of them will be All-NBA players. Okay. So let's do 
let's start back here. Uh, I th- I would say Anthony Edwards for sure. For sure, feels for sure, for pretty sure, solid. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to ones that we feel great about. So I, I already did Wimbenyama. Yeah, I would say Paulo. Drag yeah. you're gonna drag him over. Wait. What? No, I'm putting asterisk. Oh, you're putting it. Oh, I see it now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Evan Mobley. I feel pretty good about. That's four. We have yeah. six more. We have we have a lot of options. We have six options to go. Uh, Lamelo. Lamelo, all NBA. Yeah. Okay. I, I might actually go Tyrese as well. Um, I could see him getting all NBA. It's possible. We have yeah. four left. Four players left. Would you? You'd probably go Chet over mm-hmm. like Giddy. Probably for all NBA. Probably so. Yeah, yeah. And so, you'd probably still go Cade. I'd probably still go Cade. Yes. So that is eight. So we have two more. Scoot. Scoot. Final one. Final <sighs> NBA player. Our options are Devin Vassell, Franz Wagner, Josh Giddy, J Dub, Jabari Smith Jr., Brandon Miller, Amen Thompson. I get, like if I'm in Thompson hits like <laughs> I like how he is gone. I was talking about him for fringe out of the league and now he's Don't you think though? Like he he's somebody that will have the ball in his hands a ton. That's what's tough with like Brandon Miller, even J Dub and Jabari and Franz and Giddy. Like Giddy on his own team might be able to get there. But I think it's gonna be tough on this team for him to get there. Yeah, as we've gone through this, I mean, a man definitely feels like the biggest boomer bust just because everything needs to come together. But it's also, if it does come together, it's very obvious how it's yeah. going to work. The situation like, just has to, that has to be right for him. Yeah. I think, which I, I don't think is being drafted by Houston and then bringing back James Harden. I do not think that is the situation. <laughs> now, if they don't bring back James Harden, fine. I think that could work. <laughs> yeah, even then, I just don't love it for him. But it'd be fine. There's a, there's definitely a path there for that. Yeah, like maybe the if the Wizards decided to just like rebuild and like the start of their rebuild was Amin Thompson as their point guard, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like okay, like there's it's possible. Are we underrating guys for this position? We're probably underrating. I'm definitely underrating Wagner for for that. Yeah, I would probably... I mean, if I was choosing... I'd go Wagner over a couple of these guys. Which ones would you go Wagner over? Um, so part of my thinking is that I think Wagner's going to be on a winning team. Um, and I think that's going to help him when it comes to All-NBA. Whereas someone like LaMelo... <clears throat> Like, is LaMelo going to be on a team that wins any games in the foreseeable future? I'm not sure. Uh, my only argument would be LaMelo is going to be the best player on that team if they win, like, 40 games. And, like, we just saw Shea make first-team All-NBA and the Thunder won 41 games. Yeah, but it was a weird games. year. I, I just think it's, it, it is very hard to make it as a guard. I don't know. I would I would still probably go Franz over, like, Scoot. Oh, man. Yeah, and no. and honestly, like choosing three guys from this upcoming class is just like I don't know anything could happen, you know? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because we don't know, we don't know what Scoot looks like. I mean, I I would have definitely had, you know, Jalen Suggs as somebody that was going to be 
all NBA if we were talking about like the upcoming draft. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure there's a lot of people who'd still have Scotty Barnes. Scotty, yeah. I think Jalen Green is somebody that absolutely if you talk to the right people would be would be there. This is a loaded class. Absolutely. That is a, 21 is an absolutely loaded class. Yeah, it's a great class. It's a it's the best one in recent history. For sure. Yeah. Hey, you should you should definitely be watching on YouTube. If you haven't watched, if you're listening to the podcast, go uh listen on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page. Hey, if you're uh right now watching, hit hit the like button. I think it's down here, right here. Right mm. there. Just click the like button. That helps us somehow, I believe. Um all right. The draft is in about a week. Again, Fastler Hall, Thursday night. Be there. Be square. It's going to be really fun. Again, get there early so that you can get one of the limited edition down to dunk glasses. And uh, enjoy a beverage. Enjoy some good food. The food there is really good at Fastler Hall. It's very, very good. The The fries are very good. Um, got some good desserts as well. So... Get there early, hang out, watch the draft. Uh, it's going to be awesome. I uh, hope you guys have an awesome Wednesday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.